Welcome to Choosing Hope, Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things. My name is Munira Pramji and I am the host of this podcast. The vision of this podcast is to connect you with ordinary everyday people from around the world. People who are making a difference. People who are contributing to their communities and the world in small and big ways through their ideas, their imagination, their challenges, their purpose and their passion. My guest today is Martha Southgate. Martha lives in Chicago, one of my favorite places. Martha hosts a podcast called Broken to Brave, and she has a very compelling, very enthralling story. Early in 2018, when she was about to turn 50, all hell broke loose for Martha. And I'd like to read something from her intro podcast that will give you an idea of the world she found herself in. She says, and I quote, To say I reacted strongly would be an understatement. I was in shock. I was devastated, angry, scared, hopeless. I took to my bed. About six months later, I forced myself out of bed. I had wasted my adult life hiding in fear. I couldn't get those years back, but I could try to salvage the years I had left. I challenged myself to do 50 brave things before I turned 51. This is the story of my year of living dangerously. Wow, very powerful, Martha. Welcome to the show, and I'm delighted to have you on. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. When I uh, heard about your story, Martha, I... uh, I just knew that I needed to speak with you because you have a story about finding yourself in darkness and slowly over time finding a way out of that into some semblance of light. And before we we get into your story, I'd like for you to take us back to your life before 2018 when you had this breakdown. What was your life like? Introduce us to the Martha pre-2018. When I was growing up, I had a very difficult childhood and I was eight out of nine kids and had a lot of abuse in, in my childhood and a lot of trauma and no help. So by the time I met my husband, we were both 18 and we started dating and he has just been the world to me. And so we sort of, you know, uh, careened through adulthood together. (laughs) You know, uh, I hadn't left uh, a lot of the people that abused me. And so I kind of carried them all with me. And when you're someone who's, who has been raised with gaslighting and all sorts of things like that, you feel like you can't live without the abusers. And so you stay. And uh, even though it's damaging you and, and the people, you know, that you love. And so let me think. I've had uh, in my life depression or social anxiety, social phobia, agoraphobia, all sorts of things. And I, I have never, even as a child or any point, had the ability to do a lot on my own, you know, go places on my own, do a lot of things. And so I've lived my whole life up till this point with a tremendous amount of fear and distrust of the world. And so by the time 
I was like 48, I think, when my dad died. And that was when I that was when I chose to leave um, my family of origin and actually at the cemetery just knew I'm I'm leaving. I'm burying them all here. And so we literally got in the car and drove away and I never saw any Mm -hmm. of them again or spoke to any of them again. And so at this point, so at 50 that, you know, just as I was about to turn 50, I was, I was grieving and I didn't just lose him. I lost like 48 people, you know, cause there were spouses and their kids and what, you know, but it was, it was just something that had to, it had to happen. And I, I could not, I couldn't do it anymore. And so by the time I, when my husband said to me, wow, you know, we're going to be 50 this year. I it was like a kick in the gut. Like I just, I still thought I was like 38 or something, you know, I was like, what, like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Where did it, you know? And then I started realizing I just carried them all. Like I didn't, right. I never lived and I, and I hadn't, I was like, I lost it. I lost all those years. And he had once asked me when we were 19, he was a professional actor. And he's like, would you move to New York with me? And I was like, I can't. Because as anyone who's been gaslit knows, if you leave, you know, that place at the table is going to be taken away. You know what I mean? And you can't come. And so I was like, but they won't let me back. If it doesn't work out with you in New York, I can't come home. I have... I won't have a family and love was very, it wasn't love, but their, what they claimed was love was very conditional. And so I was terrified to leave, even though I was getting nothing from staying, it was just very powerful and scary. And, and so we stayed and, and so I just was like, Oh my God, like what would it have been like if we had gone, you know, but we wouldn't have our daughter and we wouldn't have this life that we have now. So, you know, um, I wouldn't trade it. I would have, I would endure this again if I had to. So when he said that to me, I was just absolutely devastated. And, and I was like, I took them all with me, you know, Oh my God. Like, and look at, you know, I hurt my husband and daughter by subjecting them to these people. And I mean, it was just, there was just so much guilt and shame and fear and frustration and, and just this overwhelming desire to die. And just, when I said to my husband at one point, I don't want to kill myself because he was like, are you suicidal? Like he like panicked. Like, are you suicidal? I was like, no, I just want to die. Like, like I could see a huge distinction there between, like, you know, I don't want to kill myself, but I just want to die. I just want to lay here until I die. And it's like, well, there's not really much of a difference there, I suppose. But, but it was very hard for me to find hope and to see that like, you know, you can, you, like I said in the beginning, you, in the intro, you can, to my podcast, you can't go back and fix the decisions that you made and the, and the choices that you made along the way, but you can start from here and you can make a new decision mm-hmm. today, you know, to do something different and to, to start something from right now. And I can't get back my skin that I had when I was 20. You know, I can't get back my hair color. You know, I can't get back my body shape and whatever. I mean, there's, you know, there were things that I had to do in order to, to survive. And, 
and they took a toll. And so, yeah, so that's kind of where I had been at over those years was just tremendous fear hiding. No matter what I did, it was you do it. Okay, here, I've got the, now you go ahead and implement it, you know, or you go ahead. And I I just did, I just didn't really have an identity. I can't even begin to imagine the pain, the the despair, the scare, the the guilt, the fear, all of those emotions that that you talk about. I can't even imagine um, feeling that so strongly and living with that. And I think what I'm also hearing from what you're saying, Martha, is that you can bury those in you, but at some point, at some point, when it becomes too much to bear, it finds a way to come out. And that happened to you as you were turning 50. There was something symbolic about that time that just was like, okay, (laughs) okay, enough already. I give up on my past life and I'm going to move forward. And that's an act of courage, Martha. Where, where did that courage come from? I don't, I don't know. Um, and why did it take so long? Yeah, let's go there. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, I think that it just, I think that first step of I need to get out of bed and then I'm going to go take a, you know, I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to feel something, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to do what I used to always do, which was go take a walk and then I'd process and then I would be able to move forward with, and I was just so stuck. And, and so Mm -hmm. I think that the courage came from the desire to do better for my daughter. I think like the feeling of like, they did this to you, but now you're doing this to you. Right, right. How how difficult, how difficult must that have been for you? But, but that was the impetus that you needed in order to make that change is what I'm hearing. And your daughter was, was the impetus. Yes. And so yes. you say that your first step was after being in bed pretty much for six months, you you took that first step and you went for a walk. Yeah. And and if I could explain a little bit about those six months, I was, I wasn't completely in bed. What I was doing was going, okay, what time do we have to be? So like my daughter is a professional actor and she was in theater, you know, she was doing a play or she was doing a film or whatever she was doing. And it was, Okay, tell me what time I have to be out of bed today. (laughs) Tell me what I have to do today. I had stopped grocery shopping, cooking, cleaning, like laundry. Like I had literally just have been taking myself out of every part of my life, my friends, everything. I was just kind of going, they won't notice. If I just do it a little bit at a time, they won't notice. And, And so what I had to do was get my daughter to this rehearsal or whatever. So it was like, tell me when, what is the drop dead time that I have to get up and put something on and go take you and come home and then collapse. So it sounds like your life was very much about have tos, shoots, woods. Yes. Yeah, very much like that. And did your friends, by the way, notice as you were slowly being 
less of who you were. Yes. They did yeah. notice. Yeah. I tried to tell myself they didn't. I told myself they'll still be here. They'll be, it'll be fine. They'll get along, you know, like it'll all be all right. And, and they'll be fine. Everybody's going to be just fine when I'm gone, you know? So they just need it. It was, it, you know, our, our brains lie to us a lot. And so it's very easy for us to get caught up in the recorder in our head or, you know, and mine was saying, you're, they're better off without you. Mm-hmm. You make things harder. Your, your background and what you bring to the table, you know, makes things harder. And it's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? The stories that we tell ourselves, yes. the stories that we tell ourselves, and then we start to believe them yes. and they don't always serve us well. No, they typically don't serve us well at all, but we get so scared and it's, it's the devil, you know, and so we get scared with the unknown and sometimes for, for some people, it might be drugs for some people, it might be alcohol. And it's like, we're asking them to stop taking that, stop drinking that, but they don't know who they are without those things. And so you're asking them to walk off a cliff and go, I'm going to trust that I'm going to like who I am when I don't have this crutch or that I'm going to be able to survive if I don't have this crutch. And, and it's like that in, in so many things. And for me, it was, it was, you know, letting these people be the, the voice in my head and saying, but they, but they knew me like that was my childhood, Mm -hmm. like that, was only happening to me, you know, when you're the scapegoat in the family, it's like, but it's me and they're targeting me. There must be a reason, you know, like I must be a horrible person. And, and so it was really hard for me to, to not have that be the tape Mm -hmm. recorder in my head and to trust that the people who are in my world now, who are, you know, who love me, know me better, you know, (laughs) like, my family doesn't know me at all and they never did. So why would I trust their opinion over people who really dig down deep with me day after day and who I have a really honest and loving relationship with? But I, but my brain couldn't wrap around that. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, uh, I think I'm, I'm understanding where you're coming from. And, and so when you were in that state, all you wanted to do was, get rid of the pain that you were in and just just not want to live anymore. And then you make a change and you decide, you know what, I'm going to live dangerously in a nice way. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to challenge myself <laughs> to do 50 brand new things. And mm-hmm. how, how did that come about? Did you have a master plan of <laughs> what these 50 things were going to be? No. And actually it was a couple of months in. So I had gotten out of bed and had been starting to do the work. And, and I said to my husband, I'm only doing this for you. And he go, Oh, I don't care why you do it. Just do it. Like, like, so he was not playing that game at all. He's like, Oh, okay, great. Do it for me then. I don't care. And, and so he just wanted me to be okay. You know, he just wanted me to live and, and, so, um, so a few months in of me sort of dragging myself around yelling, I'm doing this for you. Yeah. 
and I'm going to resent you for it, but I'm doing this for you. I then, I remember walking around, uh, taking a walk outside. We used to take walks all the time. And so I'm taking a walk and, and it was like one moment, just how long are you going to let fear ruin your life? And you have to make a different choice. And it was really brave that you got out of bed and it was really brave that you told the truth. And it was really brave that you, you know, did this, that, or the other thing. And, and so what else can you do? And then I was like, Oh, maybe if I did 50 thing, you know, like before I turned 51, like maybe that's what will spark something in me, you know, maybe that will turn it to being my choice and doing it for me, as opposed to doing it, for outside right. people and not and not feeling like I have ownership of it or that it's or that I, that I have agency over myself. I and love so, that you explained that because now you were taking accountability. And what I also appreciate about that is it seems like your husband really did validate what you were doing and he really did support you through that process to get you to that place which is which is remarkable you know the the, the caregiving that he gave to yeah, you yeah he is he has been my greatest gift in in my life and and my friends would say to me why did you get him like cuz he's just a tremendous human <laughs> and i'd say oh no i earned him i earned him uh, my childhood <laughs> trust me i earned him and and uh, but um but this was yeah, that he was absolutely supportive and and um, very much oh has always been in my corner and go and and that's why I, I didn't leave my family sooner because he was like I can never tell you that you need to leave your family like this is your journey and you have to decide when that chapter is over and and so he stayed and hung in there through all like even though we'd see them and it would take three weeks to unpack the trauma you know just the added trauma of having seen them and and the new experiences yeah he stayed and he would go it's okay well this is just what you know but it has to be your choice because if it's my choice you're going to resent me at some point you're going to blame Mm. me for for separating you or whatever and he's like I, <laughs> it's it's not gonna happen sounds like quite the guy quite the hero yeah. so yeah so i yeah so now <laughs> you're you're in that place now where you're saying okay i'm going to take agency i'm going to take responsibility and accountability and i'm going to try 50 brave things so can you talk about what some of those brave things are that you have accomplished so far yes and a lot of people assume i mean like jump out of an airplane for someone like me with my background brave is a very different <laughs> there's a spectrum to brave and and mm-hmm. there is mm-hmm. what looks brave to one person might seem like nothing to another person and and so for right. me getting out of bed was extremely brave and then you know taking that walk and tell it true so those were my initial ones and then we got into things like i played volleyball in my bathing suit <laughs> you know <laughs> Yes, I I oh, actually <laughs> listened to that podcast and I I loved I loved everything about it. But yeah, talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, it was that particular one or more of the other ones. 
talk about that one. But that okay. particular one and yeah. then some oh, more. Okay. Okay. So that particular one was probably, it was pretty new in the list. It was like number five, maybe <laughs> or six. I don't know. It was pretty early in the list. And, um, and we would go to this camper. Uh, my friend has a camper that they keep permanently at a campground and, and it's beautiful and very peaceful and whatever. And so she was letting us use it. And I was going there, you know, using that time to, to really dig deep and, and really heal. And so one of the days my daughter came out, uh, they have a screen porch and she came out and, and was talking to me and I'm looking up past her at this volleyball court. And I was like, you know, I used to play volleyball, you know, when I was a kid, a little bit in eighth grade, I was like, I wonder how much it is to rent the volleyball. And she's looking at me like I grew two heads, you know, it's like, what? And, and she's like, you want <laughs> to play volleyball? I was like, yeah, I'm thinking, why don't you go to the general store, which she loved. I mean, what 12 year old, 11, she was 11 at the time, doesn't love errands, right? And so she was like, oh my gosh, I get to run to the general store by myself and ask a question, you know, so she was thrilled. So she comes back and she said, it's free. And I said, okay. I said, well, why don't we do it on our way to the pool? And it takes a lot to get me into the bathing suit. Like she has to like, yeah, I have to be like shaken into this. <laughs> so I like, I got to wear it there because I'm not putting that on inside the, you know, bathroom at the, at the locker room and the, at this pool. So right. I'm like, okay, right. so I got to play in my bathing suit. I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay. I'm just going to do that. You know, I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And so we put it on and walked over and we start playing my husband is just like they have he and my daughter had sort of taken on this don't make eye contact you know <laughs> like because she's gonna change her mind if we look at her um and she sees that we're shocked or something or like that this is something maybe she shouldn't be with, with is out of character and so they just wouldn't look at me and they'd go okay let's go we're walking over okay yeah we're just going over to play volleyball and so they would kind of just pretend that it was normal and then we got there and we're playing and these girls came over from their camper and you know they were like tween early teenagers and they're like can we play with you and it's like I'm just standing here in my bed like of course like I, I you know as someone who never like does this or talks to you know like I, I can't even describe to you the level of of out of my comfort zone this whole thing was and I was just like okay we're doing this and then he's Rob was off to the side he's like and I go you can take pictures and he's like seriously I'm like yeah go for it. I don't care. And I actually posted the pictures on social media, the picture, but, but it, it yeah. So for me, that was wow. incredible. There were so many layers to why that was brave for me and, and how many, and that's what encompassed most of them. It mm -hmm. was not usually like, Oh, this is just conquering a fear of heights or this is kind of like, this was like layers upon layers of, of abuse and trauma response that I was trying to push through. Yeah, it's it's huge. And as I as I hear <laughs> you speak, I mean the joy on your face and your yeah. and your and your laugh is just like so big. It's it's like you're reliving you. uh, that that moment and and making me relive that moment with you. That's so beautiful. You. And then you got 
get into doing a documentary or being a part of that. (laughs) That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was at a Comic-Con. And I was seeing um, an actor that I love. and, and, And so we're standing in line and someone says, or this group comes up with their cameras and whatever, this crew. And they said, does anybody want to be in a, in a documentary? And, and I just like handed my stuff <laughs> over and I just walked away. And there, my, and my husband and you know, Rob and Molly are like, what, where'd she go? Like, what's she doing? Because first of all, I don't walk away in crowds and I just don't do any of that. Like there was just so many, and I just walked over and I was like, I'll be in your documentary. And they asked me questions and I just stood there and I was like, Oh yes, of course, this is my life now. I do things like this. And, and, and I came back to them afterwards and they're just sitting there. Like they're just hadn't even like their jaws were on the floor. Like they hadn't even been able to process. And I walked up and they're just staring at me like a dog, you know, when they kind of cock their head to the side and they look at you like you're crazy. And so that's what they were doing. And I, and I was like, hi, I was in a documentary. And they're like, what? You know? And they said, like, and I, I just said, this is me now, I guess. I said, do you like this me? You know, I, I looked at my husband, I'm like, do you like this? And he's like, oh my God, I love this. You know, he's like, of course I love this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as you as you as you're doing these new things, do you find it uh, easier sort of the next not time then. around? No. Now, yes, but definitely not then. Each one it was like, oh, oh, oh I, and it, and as soon as how I found the the things to do was I'd feel that feeling of run I'd feel that fight or flight mm. response kick in and I'd go, "Uh oh, this has to end up right. on my list. Right. So that's how I figured out what to put wow. on the list. <laughs> if it was something that made me want to run and hide or, or avoid or dissociate or any number of a million things, like it was just dig in and you're going to do this because this needs to go on your list. So you literally going toward what's making you really uncomfortable yes wow that's a really great way of selecting what should be on your list i I really i I see the merit of doing that and as you're doing these things you're also finding that there's a lot of learning so you you did a podcast where you talk about when it rains let it rain can you talk a little bit about that there's a book called We Women Everywhere by Jillian Anderson and Jennifer Nadel. And they wrote it based on, they were both about, I think, 48 when they wrote it. And they're my, uh, Jen, I mean, Jillian at least is my age. Um, I can't remember if, if Jennifer is, but they were around 48 when they wrote it. And they were writing it for what they needed when they were 20. And so Jen, uh, Jillian's daughter was 20, I think, at the time or early 20s. And so she was saying, like, I want this for her. Like, I want a manifesto for women. That's what it's called, a manifesto for women everywhere. And it is literally a handbook. It's a, it's a, these are the things that tripped us up. These are the things that we wish we had known. And so I had started reading that book pretty early in, not long after I got out of bed. I had picked up the book and started reading and it really transformed 
a lot of my mindset and a lot of what I and it really was kind of jump-starting my healing. And at the time, I was not working with a therapist. And that came later. That was a later number. But so this book was really, really pivotal in my process. And one of the things I came across was when it rains, let it. And it said, you know, you can choose to, you know, put up an umbrella or you could take shelter or you could use the rainwater. You could collect the rainwater and use it. And so I was like, oh, I've always been sort of a let's collect the rainwater and use it kind of person. So I was like, that resonates with me. Mm. I need to be collecting these stories. I need to be collecting my journey and use it so that other people Mm -hmm. can then maybe benefit from it. And I had a little, um, I, my daughter and I, for the last five years, um, volunteered. She, my daughter's homeschooled, but we volunteered in an elementary school, a public elementary school that was like 98% minorities. And it was, it was under-resourced and underperforming. And so we thought, well, maybe we can help read, you know, tutor, like we can read with the kids. So we did kindergarten and second grade. And for three of the years, we did third grade math. And then our teacher retired. So we kept on with kindergarten and second grade. And uh, one of my second graders, we were, she was reading a book to me about being brave, or there was a character in it that was brave. And I looked at her and I said, are you brave? And she said, oh, no. I'm not brave. And I said, well, you know what I, I said, I just turned 50 and she, of course, but I love when they're in shock that I'm 50, but she like, I, it's like, I turned 50 and I said, I, I challenged myself to do 50 brave things. And, and I said, how old are you? And she said, well, I'm eight. And I said, well, maybe you could do eight <laughs> brave things. And so she was like, Oh, I can. And she said, can I go on? She said, like, after school, I'm going to a, a carnival. And she said, I'm scared to go on this one ride. She goes, I'm going to go on it. And she said, but is it still brave if my mom goes with me? And I said, oh, absolutely. I said, you're still getting on the ride, right? Are you still riding the ride? She goes, yeah. And I said, use the tools around you. Like never feel like you can't have support when you're doing something brave, but you're still Mm -hmm. doing it, you know? And I said, of course that's brave. So she was thrilled to go do her eight, you know? And I thought that's the power in it is, is, you know, meet yourself where you're at. Don't try to emulate my journey. You don't need to do 50 or eight, you know, do eight. Can you handle Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, I can handle eight things. And then maybe that'll make you do 10. Because you'll right. get the momentum going or or a hundred or maybe by by the time you've done eight, your self-esteem is through the roof and you feel like you could take on the world. Yeah. And the part that I love so much is what you said earlier, which is bravery has its spectrum. And so, you know, wherever you're at, wherever you're at, whatever you need to do that's brave for you is taking you one step forward to being the the person that brings out the best in you. So the, the spectrum of is, is really great. So can you perhaps give us a sneak preview of some other stuff that you have on your grave list? Yeah, let me think. Without giving too many spoilers, one of the hardest ones on my list was calling my mother. And that one, that was a very powerful one and very, very difficult. 
And then let me think, what are some other mm-hmm. ones? Let me think if I could think of a fun. I wrote The London Eye. And I have a terrible fear of heights and Ferris wheels, like getting stuck somewhere, you know. And so that one okay. was really... And once again, when you talk about the layers of it, like though that line, have you ever been there? Have you ever done that? Ridden the London Eye? So the lines are ridiculously long. And I don't do crowds or people... That well, you know, I'm good one on one or a couple of people, not. you know, but I, I kind of, um, yeah, don't do large, large crowds. And so having to go through this endless line and just, I mean, all the things, there's so many things. And then the buildup, because you know, you're headed there and you can't turn around. And I was like, oh my God, I have to be able to get in it. You know, what if I can't get in? You know, what if I trip and fall? Like, I mean, there were so many things that <laughs> cycled through right. my head that talk, tried to talk me out of things. And I was just like, okay, I, you know, one of the things that I learned how to do really right. well during this these 50 things was to be present and be in the moment because if I stood there thinking ahead I couldn't have gotten there so I had to go okay I'm just standing in line I just have to focus on standing in line and and I'll and I would not let myself out of that thought Mm -hmm. so every time my brain would try to go but what are you going to do when you get to the door you know but what are you going to do when this happens but what do you I would go nope I'm just standing in line right now (laughs) It doesn't matter. Right. I'm just standing in line. <laughs> Such a huge lesson, isn't yeah. it? That when we think about the past, you know, often that comes with regrets. And when we think about the future, it's about the anxiety, the uncertainty. And so all you can do is be in that moment, which is what you're describing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your podcast is called Broken to Brave. And, uh, it's 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 a great name for your podcast, given your story. How, how did you come up with that name? I was walking. <laughs> okay. That's where I come up with everything. I was walking on the track at the gym, and I just all of a sudden, I, I kept thinking, I need to turn this in. My husband and I have owned a podcast network for seven years, and at this time, like six years, maybe five, yeah, six years. And... Um, and so I was like, okay, I need to do my list as a podcast. And I'm like, okay, I need a name. And so I remember just walking and then going, oh, broken to brave. Like, I think it should be broken to brave and let that marinate a little bit. And um, I tried a bunch of other things and I was like, nope, that's, that's mm-hmm. it. I think that's it. So I think it, I think mm-hmm. it says it all and it describes my journey And I think that I now do so many things without hesitating that I can 100% claim to be a brave person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you set that title really well, you know, from broken to brave. You you own that. Yeah, I do. (laughs) And you have a really interesting concept with your podcast, Martha. Your actual podcasts are quite short, 15 or 20 minutes, if I, if I recall from the ones. Sometimes, sometimes shorter. Even shorter. <laughs> and, and it's free. And then you have a mm-hmm. companion podcast on your Patreon page that people can pay to listen to. And I had the opportunity to listen to one of those. Uh, can you, can you talk a little bit about uh, your Patreon page, why you created it and 
what people can uh, expect to find in it? Yeah. So I, I love to give away everything. And that has been sort of a blessing and a curse in my life. I tend to not value the things that I do. And one of the things on my list was that I was getting, I got paid. And so that was the first, first time. And so as I evolved and as, as I did worked further and further through the numbers, by the time I was coming out with the podcast, I was like, I have to put value on this. And if it was a book, if I had written a book, people would pay for the book. I, I had, I had to write this whole series. I had to record mm-hmm. this whole series. My husband had hundreds of hours of editing. And I mean, there were so many, so many layers of, of time and knowledge and, and effort and all of these things. And I thought, you know, I could give this away for free, but I am devaluing so much of, of what it is. And when I do that, and so I thought, well, if I just do the, if, but see, I'm not someone who can just go, I'm going to just have this be paid. Like I have to still give away something for free. That's just my nature. So I thought, well, if I do all the initial ones, as a free podcast, we can then offer a companion where you get, those are typically like 45 minutes, sometimes longer, uh, sometimes a tiny bit shorter, but not usually. And it is he and I, and it is raw. Mm-hmm. It is just the two of us. It is mostly unedited. It is us sitting in our, in, on our, in our family room on the couch, mm-hmm. just absolutely raw. And, and it is his perspective. It is um, much deeper into my perspective and what got us to that point and why it was so significant. And it is a huge amount of knowledge and, and backstory and all sorts of things. And so it starts at $5 a month, but you get two a week. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a tremendous, I mean, you can't get a cup of coffee, like you could get one cup of coffee or you could get <laughs> eight, you know, almost a 45 minute long podcast, like that are just chock full of, of stories and, and interesting things. And so to me, I, I had to put some value on it, but at the same time, it is anyone can afford it. And we have been low income forever. We had started a company and <laughs> we, you know, we understand, but it's $5. So, you know, so to me, if, yeah, right. it, it, that was why. If one of your brave things to do was to make a compelling sales pitch, you just did that. Oh, <laughs> no, no, that just came right. <laughs> it's just the truth. It's just the truth. Yeah. And I have to tell you, you know, I have written a book about my journey battling three cancers in five years. Oh. And one of the things that I think makes my book uh, special is that it tells the story of my journey with cancer from my perspective, but also from the perspective of my family. And when I listened to your podcast with your husband, I found it really great listening because it it was raw and it certainly provided 
a very different perspective because when you're going through your own journey, your family is going through that journey as well. And, and often those voices are not heard. So I, I certainly saw value in that. I wanted to ask you, as you do one brief thing after another, what is the impact of that on your family? Oh, the impact is pretty huge because I was like a brick wall before. And so every time they wanted to do something or, and we're all creatively gifted. And so that's a problem because we're coming up with all these ideas and then I'm going, okay, but don't let it get big. Okay. But don't let it do that. Okay. But we don't want it to be successful. Okay. But we don't, you know, and so it was kind of like they had to drag me around and I was in their way and I was, I was both an anchor and a brick wall. I mean, literally. So now it's just, we just have these tremendous adventures because we're, and we see now that the only limitations in our lives are the ones we put on ourselves when we're like, we'll be like, oh, we should do that. Like, we should have that. Why don't we do that? Like, oh, that would be fun. Oh, and then we just, we just make it manifest. Like we just make it happen because the three of us are now working together as a unit, all desiring the same things. And there isn't somebody going, I'm going to sabotage that. Like, I don't want that to be because then I'm going to be seen or then I'm going to be heard or then I'm going to be out there and I don't want to be out there. And so I, so me, me doing this has really transformed our family and, and each of us individually in different ways. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Did I break you? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I am, I'm rejoicing for you. Martha is what Thank I'm doing. You. I'm rejoicing for you. I think it's, uh, it's so incredible. And we often don't recognize how one person can positively or negatively impact their entire unit and uh, to see where you were and where you've come uh, is, is so, so significant. I do have a final question for you. And that is, you know, as you live your journey of doing 50 brave things, I would imagine that there are times when you don't want to do it anymore. You you may want to push back the old anxiety, fear, scare, I would imagine would be something that would be very real for you. Did you go through times like this where you kind of vacillate between wanting to move forward with your doing your 50 things and then going back to the person you were? I used to. In the very beginning of the list, that was that was very real and very much like I'm not this person, you know, I'm just pretending then, you know, or I'm doing it. And then when I started therapy, so much of the work that I was doing in therapy changed the tape recorder in my head. And and so much of the bravery work was transforming my heart and like what I saw that I was capable of and, and what, and what happened from that combination was that those voices no longer spoke to me. Uh, They no longer were true. And so I was able Mm. to then, if a feeling like that came up, I would just kind of flick it like, what? Like, that's not my reality, you know? And I was able to 
put shut those down Mm -hmm. and say you're not in my world anymore you don't know who I am now and that's not me and you no longer represent you know what I think about myself or how I feel about myself and so as I was able to shut those voices down and do these these things each one built on itself and and it became like sometimes I didn't realize I did it until after I did something. And then I went, Oh my God, I just did that. Like I had, you know, and, and I'd be like, that gets to go on the list because even though I didn't know I was doing it, like, that's crazy. Like that's so crazy in the scheme of my life. And, and so I think that, that, that that's no longer a part of who I am. And, and I no longer fight those particular insecurities so it is it is not currently a thing you know but before I would have said oh my gosh I can't go on and be interviewed by somebody on Mm -hmm. Zoom you know and I sure as hell can't have her looking at me (laughs) and I I can't do this or that or the other and now I don't even think about it I'm like yeah I'll be on your show sure why not oh Zoom or whatever yeah okay video okay I can do that you know I and so it's it's not my reality anymore you know I am just so inspired by our conversation Martha that I just made the decision that I'm going to in the moment that I'm going to take the rest of the day off today and I'm going to sit and I'm going to write down 60 things that scare the hell out of me that I want to do. I, love I will it. take your advice uh, very much in, in check, which is, you know, fear is really a spectrum and I will mm-hmm. sit from where I'm at. And, you know, one of the first easy things I'll do is I've never bought anything from Facebook Marketplace. So I think I'm going to accomplish that today. I love it. (laughs) And I'm going to start making this list. And that's how I'm going to be spending the day today. So thank you so much for for being on my show today. For the listeners uh, out there. Please check out uh, Martha Southgate's uh, podcast called Broken to Brave. I will have uh, information about where you can find her and her podcast in the show notes today. And um, just wanted to say thank you again, Martha. You have done something that I think each one of us struggle to do. You know, your situation may have been more difficult than a lot of people's, but the truth is to be able to stop that committee of voices in your head that were not serving you well and to be able to come to a place where you're discovering and you're exploring and you are getting out of your comfort zone and you're leading the life that you want to live, I think is a dream that we all have. So, um, Thank you for this really inspirational conversation. Thank you so much for having me. And I want to say to your list, make sure you leave some blank because you really want to be able to do it in the moment. Some of the time, like when you feel that feeling and you go, oh, this is what this needs to go on the list because I had that feeling in my belly. You know what I mean? Like, Make sure you leave a little space for spontaneity because those are sometimes really, really, really powerful blocks that you need to push through in that moment. Okay, <laughs> but, that's great advice. Yeah. But I can't wait great to see your advice. list. Yes, I'm uh, working on it today. I'm just taking the day. <laughs> Excellent, I love it. <laughs> Thanks so much, Martha. Thank you. Have a great rest of the day. You too. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you like what you heard, 
click the subscribe button to listen to more episodes. And if you are an ordinary person doing extraordinary things and want to be a guest on this show, message me on my Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feed. In the meantime, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, choose hope. Hope is the spark that ignites us to move forward and make things happen. 